It's not hard to find people with opinions on food. Most of us have them, whether they're about what makes a healthy diet, or a more sustainable planet, or just what tastes amazingly great. But if you follow the news about what's good or bad about food, it's quite understandable if you end up feeling a little confused. The amount of information and misinformation out there is mind-boggling. For this episode of Foodpod, I'm going to be talking to three people with a passion for separating facts from fiction and developing new knowledge that can lead to better food products in the future. They all have three things in common. An interest in healthy and sustainable nutrition, a desire to make a difference, and a master in molecular nutrition and food technology from Aarhus University. You're listening to Foodpod Denmark, bringing you the stories about innovative people from the Danish food cluster and how they're making a difference in the world. I'm Kath Mersch. Welcome to Foodpod. I appreciate the view of a potato field in a different way now because for me it's not just potatoes on the plate, it's it's a whole range of foods and a whole range of applications and we don't even know it all, I think. I am sure that most of us have no idea how great the potential is of the potato. That's Katrina Erskol, and she's probably right about the humble potato. Who could know about the fantastic functionality behind that brown and knobbly exterior? Ever since she started her master thesis at Aarhus University, Katrina's been on a voyage of discovery. Her focus is potato starch. Right now, she's working on a three-year industrial PhD in collaboration with Danish potato-based ingredients company, KMC. One of the fascinating things is that it is a plant product that you can use to take out some of the animal products in food. You can use that to gain some functionality when you take some other ingredients out. And you can use starch to control what kind of milk, for example, you have in a cheese or how hard it is. Or when you take out gelatin in, in sweets, starch can be used instead. So for me, it's, it's kind of like one of the ingredients of the future. When I met Katrina, she was busy analyzing the texture of imitation cheese in one of the university labs. The idea was to find out what happens when potato starch is used to replace some of the milk protein. Nerdy, perhaps, but quite a sexy subject in a world hungry for more plant-based foods. For Katrina, it was the impressive flexibility of potato starch that initially grabbed her attention on a visit to KMC during her master study. Well, first off, I think my motivation was getting more knowledge about microstructure in relation to creating better quality of foods. And because there is this trend where we want more plant-based products, and I think starch can really aid this production of foods. There are so many different possibilities and we are just starting to know something about how it works. And by knowing more, we can use it in even better ways. The hunt for knowledge was also what brought Javier Guinez to Aarhus University from Spain after completing a bachelor degree in molecular medicine. It was the idea of being able to make a difference to people's health faster that convinced him to switch from pharmaceuticals to his other big interest, food, 
and a master degree in molecular nutrition and food technology. I always was very attracted by, you know, helping people's lives and, and all of that. So for me, that was a clear, let's go for medicine, um, but not treating patients directly, more like solving diseases, cancer. But then when I studied that, I realized that when you work in that field, it's actually a very long-term field. So if you develop a new pharmaceutical, it will take 20 years, if not more, to get anywhere. Um, and then the food started to call me a little bit back again because you can actually relate food to health quite easily. You know, we are what we eat, you could say. So for me, it was a good way of connecting uh, my bachelor with a more practical education. Like Katrina, Javier is carving out his career within the ingredient industry. That has taken him from a traineeship at DuPont Nutrition and Biosciences to working with plant-based foods at Speciality Oils and Fats Company, AAK, and most recently to Christian Hansen, where he is now Commercial Development Manager in the Food Cultures and Enzymes Division. One of the reasons why he went for his current job is because the growing fermentation trend has really captured his imagination. You can do magic with this fermentation, right? You can get different ingredients and uh, pull them with some bacteria, and basically bacteria, they will ferment. And normally when they do that, they, they add a lot of benefits. So they might also add some the bacteria itself, which might be good for your gut, but also the compounds that they produce uh, as a result of their metabolism, they normally have better properties. Maybe they are more better digestible or they are better at taste. So fermentation is, is really big right now, and we see that trend pulling from us. So it is, it is very interesting to be in a company in, in a time like this, where we are going to focus even more in fermentation. It's hard to deny that the ingredient industry sounds interesting. But what difference does it make, Javier? We are now in a situation where the world is, is growing. We have more people to feed. So the ingredient business is trying to adapt to this. Uh, but you can say that there is a still a long way where we need to find this balance between making more food and making food that lasts longer. Another of the things that the food industry is trying to do is to make sure that we get the most out of the least. So, for example, when you make cheese, right? If you could make more cheese with the same amount of milk, you will need less milk. So you can use milk to other things, right? So you can optimize processes by using certain ingredients so you don't have waste. That may be true. But there are still plenty of people who are sceptical about the ingredients they see on food labels, not to mention all kinds of other things to do with food and the diet. This is where Morten Elsu recognised his niche as an independent food science communicator while he was a master's student at Aarhus University. But first, he had to overcome his own preconceptions about nutrition. I started studying molecular medicine at Aarhus University. And when I was going to apply for the master's program, I saw that there was another master's program that I could start, and that was molecular nutrition and food technology. And at that time, well, during all my life, I've always loved food. And um, during the last year or so before that, got very much interested in nutrition. Actually, uh, because some people who were avid crossfitters told me about this paleo diet and this way of looking at nutrition in a totally different light. That was where my interest in, in professional interest in nutrition started. I was tired of talking about how to uh, treat cancer with medicine. And I had the idea that if we instead focused on 
food, then we could actually prevent a lot of these diseases. So that was like my idealistic starting point. And then came the day of the lecture about fad diets. So when we were taught that there were fad diets and that the paleo diet was one of them, that was one of the times that I experienced what you could call cognitive dissonance, where I have something that I'm a pretty avid proponent of and I believe in, and then I'm presented with from a person who knows more than I do about nutrition, that it's probably just, it's pseudoscientific at best, and maybe even religious, which, which I won't say of any other diet actually than the paleo diet, because it, it so much uh, adheres to the idea that everything natural is good and everything unnatural is bad. Today, Morton has built a successful career on debunking myths and misunderstandings about food, diet and nutrition in relation to health and weight loss. Tens of thousands follow him on social media. Millions have downloaded his podcasts. He has co-authored two books, does one-to-one coaching and runs training programs for health professionals. He also collaborates with the Danish Veterinary and Food Administration and the Danish Cancer Society and is regularly called upon as nutrition expert on radio and television. What I realized was that misinformation had become mainstream that what people believed about food and what they believed in such, to such a degree that they actually really thought it was just common knowledge was actually wrong. So there was a place to communicate what we actually know about food, the science about food. And I was just lucky, I guess, that people really hadn't done that a lot before. So on the same platforms as all the misinformation was shared, at that time mostly Facebook, later on for me was Instagram, I could start communicating what we actually know about nutrition science and also talk about why we tend to believe the other stuff. And a lot of people were very happy about that, so I continued. One of the myths that Morton spends time on is the idea that certain foods are forbidden in a healthy diet, especially if they contain sugar. This was also the subject of his first book, written with colleague Morten Sveine. Several years on, they still hear from people who say the book saves their life. So that book was like a critical comment on how we talk about nutrition in society, especially between young people on social media and people who are interested in having a lean body. We got a response that was a lot more positive than we actually anticipated, and it helped a lot more people than we thought in their relationship with food. But there are still moments when Morton wonders if he is really making an impact. He shared one of them with colleague Anna Gorman, and together they came up with a plan to educate the people whose job it is to advise others on diet. And that's what we've been doing the last four years, and we've taught more than 400 people, I think, now, who probably have 100 clients a year each. So, so I think every time I try to look rationally on this, take a, it, how are we going to make a big difference, I come back to that we're probably making quite a big difference by helping others uh, communicate and help people. A lot has happened since that eye-opening lecture on fad diets at Aarhus University. So how important was that master's degree in molecular nutrition and food technology? So what you can hope to learn is that uh, there is a lot to learn. And to get just the basic understanding of how to actually acquire knowledge in the world of nutrition science. And I think I actually learned that. So it gave me the basic skills to go on and hopefully keep being curious, which is paramount to being any type of science communicator or science person. 
Thanks, Morton, Javier and Katrina for joining this episode and talking about where your careers have taken you after a master's degree in molecular nutrition and food technology. We hear that graduates are in demand, so if you'd like more information about the master's programme, check out the episode page on foodpod.dk or visit the Aarhus University website directly. This episode of Foodpod was sponsored by the Department of Food Science at Aarhus University. Music by Johnny Kuhn. Hosting and social media management by Jan Syerson. Interviews and story production by me, Kath Mersch. Thanks for listening. And if you liked what you just heard, please share it. <laughs>